My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. You got your plans to do things right. I got my mind, it's all made up. We got our time, but now it's running out of space. You know my life is just a speck in your heart is on the same. See, I've been staring too long at the screen. Thanks to Hopeless Records for providing today's theme song of confidence by the Dangerous Summer. So we're back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Presented to you by Exalta. Good job. Our Tyler. sponsor. Yep. We're unlike NASCAR. We don't take weeks off. We don't. Um, so here we are, this uh, particular show. We did have an off weekend. Yes. What'd you, what'd you do? I went to Myrtle Beach. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. For a couple of days. We went down to Charleston. It was a lot of fun. Um, we've been going down there a little bit this year. Um, since we're working in Key West on the house... Uh, for the DIY show, we've been taking our vacations elsewhere, but um, it was great. The food's awesome in Charleston. The weather wasn't all that great. We had some clear skies, but it was super, super windy. So, and was I, it, it's a little cool here. Was it cool there? Mm, I think the coolest day we had was eighty, but there was oh. um, when it when the sun was out, it was actually pretty warm. Um, and man, I hadn't been on the beach in so long, and I forget how sand gets on and in every single thing yeah. that you take out there so like you just carry all this sand all the way home with you in your clothes in your phone did you your... sit out there for like three hours four yeah. hours like a normal person yeah did you lather up in sunscreen that's uh, my biggest fear is getting sunburned getting yeah i've been ever since i started riding um the bike i've actually started getting a little color and oh. tan yeah so i'm have been able to back off on the sunscreen a little bit. I'm down. I'm down to thirty. I was. I was always putting on fifty just yeah. because I was the same way. I didn't want to get burnt, so I took it kind of easy uh, with the sunscreen to to try to get a little more get a little more color. But um, it was so windy and the sand, the sand just blows across the beach and gets all over everything. And um, our umbrellas were destroyed by the end of the day. Did you take your own umbrellas and like yeah. set them up or were you, yeah. did you do like the rentals? We did that for the first day and they were destroyed and then we had rentals, but it was so windy you wouldn't even think about putting them up because right. they just blow right over. So anyways, our, um, I don't know what else we could touch on about that particular trip, but it was fun. There were a lot of Instagram posts of you hanging out with the Southern Charm, Shep. And yeah, there, that's, there's some of, those, uh, some of those folks uh, we made friends with over the last couple of visits in Charleston. So we did run into them and spent some time with Shep and Austin and everybody. It's You know, they're super nice people. And um, Shep actually lined up a dinner our last night with um, Danny McBride and his wife, uh, Kenny Powers. Was that a surprise to you? Um, well, I mean, I didn't know whether they were telling me that um, it might might happen or he might be able to show up, you know, have dinner with us and – and he did, and it was a lot of fun. Super, super nice guy, and um, 
real down to earth, laid back, easy to talk to. It's, it's not a lot of people. I think that I would, that I'd get that excited to meet. Right. You know, but, but when I remember when, when, you know, that's quite East, an American combo. When, yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Danny McBride. <laughs> when East, when Eastbound and down was on TV, I remember everybody I knew talking about it. Right. And couldn't wait for the next episode the following week. And I mean, so he was, he's a big deal. Does he live in Charleston? I live somewhere down there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So that was, um, that was pretty much it. We, I think see. the bigger part, oh, the biggest yeah, the, story that right. came out of this weekend. Let's talk about this. Was Uber and your yeah. poor rating. I know. So I just started using Uber really since I started vacation in Charleston because it's the easiest way to get around. And um, I didn't know what my rating was. or And, and I guess for a while when you, when you start using Uber the first little bit, you don't have a rating, right? So you got to establish a few rides before your rating shows up. So we're riding in a car and everybody's talking about their rating. Um, we were down there with Amy and her family, um, and friends from Texas. And, um, so they're talking about their rating and I was like, Hmm, what am I need? So I look on my app and it's not there. And I'm like, mine's not showing no rating. And so we took another ride or two and finally my rating pops up and it's a 4.0. And I was, they were like, oh, that's bad. And the guy driving said, yeah, I almost didn't come pick you up because that's pretty low. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I wonder why I got such a low rating. I've only, you know, I've, I hop in the car. Hey, we're going here. We conversate a little bit with the driver and then we get out. And I guess I just started using Uber right around the time that they started allowing you to tip the driver. Because for the longest time, that was a, that was a, that was the thing about Uber is that you didn't have to tip them or they didn't take tips, wouldn't accept tips. There's all kinds of rumors, I guess, or uh, uh, conversation about that. And I guess the first few rides, maybe I didn't tip and they weren't happy with that. So they gave me four point, you know, give me four stars instead of five for not tipping. Right. And plus, if you didn't have many the only to go off of, then your number is going to be a little skewed. Exactly. So as we rode, I was like overly nice to everybody I rode with. I'm nicer than normal. Are you the guy that sits in the front and seat? I, I've sat in the front seat of, of a few of those rides, and I tipped, made sure to tip. So as we were on this vacation, my rating began to rise. So it was like 4.1, 4.2, 4.3, all the way up to 4.5 by the end of the trip. So I got a little work to do still. But What about the guy who caused it to go to 3.88? I think that that guy realized that he um, – made a mistake in narrating me and then because later on just hours later without me taking a ride it popped up to 4.4 oh so they can go back in and yeah fix I, I, it. i'm i'm guessing that's what happened because it went way down to 3.8 and i just about gave up at that point do, do you get an uber and i was people about go to like, go to become a lyft passenger i i went with a uber guy in Asheville, and he yep. was uber and lyft right i and saw at, a couple of the guys that had lyft and uber at that time it was before uber let you tip so that's why he was complaining about uber yeah but i, I uber yeah and i they only allow you to tip ten dollars max did you know that no yeah so I, this one guy was talking this one guy we were riding with was talking about how he'll only make enough to pay for gas and he's trying to get another job and maybe move da, 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 da. so i was trying to tip him more than 10 it won't let you Interesting. interesting yeah well uber is quite the invention though it is a great invention like if you want to go get a little rowdy as much as i was 
poking fun at the whole rating thing and, and, and going through that. My whole feeling about Uber is what a service. Um, if we go out and have a few drinks or we need to get in, you know, get into town or something um, quickly, it's so uh, it's a it's a safe way to travel. Right. Yeah. So and, the, you know, you 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 meet so many unique f- people. Right? I, would, I think I want to be an Uber driver, maybe for like a short you period. You can be an Uber driver anytime you want. I have a friend named Sarah that is a is an Uber driver, and she just Ubers whenever she wants. You can turn it on and off. Oh, so, so like you work when you want to work. You work when you want. So she Ubers whenever she feels like Ubering. But just imagine the people that you meet. Right. Especially if you work like 10 p.m. to about 2 a.m. I remember my first Uber ride, and I was quite nervous about it because, for me, it was odd to get into a stranger's car and go anywhere. That's, you know, you've been yeah. taught all your life not to do that. But um, it's now common practice, and, and it's really a good service. Yeah. You're welcome, Uber, for all this free publicity. No yeah. So that moving forward to this week, Darlington Throwback Weekend. Yeah. We hyped the car all year. We unveiled the car. Finally, going to run the AC Delco throwback car. Any thoughts now going to Darlington to drive that car, wear the fire suit, all the, the good stuff? Yeah, the only thing that I'm thinking about is, I, you know, I'm just really concerned about how we've been running. Obviously, um, disappointed with the way Bristol worked out for us and how we finished. And I feel growing in tense and intensity or pressure mounting to start making some things happen like get some results on the track like this you know we started the season out and we always said well you know if we didn't have a good finish we did have speed and we would you know we were fast at a lot of racetracks up until the summer and then we lost our speed so now we're not only having difficult finishes and frustrating runs but we don't have the speed to be excited about at least, you know, going into the next weekend. So I'm pretty concerned at this point. It's hard for me to really think outside of performance. I'm excited about the car. I think it'll be, uh, it's going to, it is a great looking car. Um, I'm proud to have that opportunity to, to run this car, but for me, and I feel like I feel pressure for myself and to my fans that if we don't run well, it won't matter. Right. right? And, um, that's been, I know there's been a lot of great response on Twitter about, Hey, you know, don't, you know, don't let these finishes get you down. Um, you hear a lot of people say, um, you know, that they're, they're very supportive regardless of how we run. Um, and there's a bigger picture ahead, but it's still, you know, you, as a competitor, you, you want to do well every week. There's so much work and effort put into going and, and practicing and the team working on the car that you want the results. So that's really what I'm thinking about um, going into this weekend. And Darlington presents one of the tougher challenges for all of us drivers throughout the year. This is probably one of the biggest challenges when it comes to getting around the track and how hard it is and difficult it is mentally, physically. It's a tough race, very, very long race. Yeah, it seems longer than it the 600. Is. The feels pace, like it. Right? So we run, you know, you get around there okay on new tires, but the pace falls off so much in the race. Um, and it's so much work to get around the track. Like l- literally driving the car, it's so much work to get around there that 
every lap just seems like it takes forever to complete um yes yeah, so, and then there's you know that race just kind of drags on those last hundred miles are really uh really difficult but um it's an accomplishment you know to get to the end of that race and run well and finish in the top 10 even you know obviously if you finish in the top five i think it's an incredible accomplishment for any driver because it's all that's a there's a lot of driver involved in that so i'm a little little um i'm a little nervous about how difficult that weekend is going to be for us if we don't have speed it's hard enough as it is when the car is good and you're running well um i haven't been to darlington in a while where we've just struggled and you know um fought all night to to, you know and ran mediocre last year looking at the notes um jeff and those guys ran 15th about 15th to 20th all night they got lapped down at one point um they did rebound a 14th place finish uh restarts weren't very good the car wouldn't go very well in restarts um we went back even further in our notes over um the past several years to look for um to look for something setup wise that might give us some good direction but the with the way the aero package has changed so much over the last couple years you really can't look at these notes and say this is the right spring combination to put in the back of the car or this is what you need for the front spring because you wouldn't run that stuff with with the aero we have today um so you know as the aero has changed so much it's really made it difficult to, to to rely on old notes um so i'm i'm just ready to get to the track get in the car see where our speed is see how the car feels and drives it is where we tested when we um Got cleared to race back in December. Uh, I thought the car was really good there that day. Felt comfortable. Um, but that was a cool day in December, you know, and every track's pretty comfortable when it's that chilly. It could be a cool day in September, though. It could, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to rain a little bit this weekend, so oh, it might be it? not as hot. That's no good um, with rain in the forecast, particularly, you know, with a late, that's a late start. I was talking to the interior guy, Adam Jordan. He said that you're going to wear this cool shirt. Yeah. For the first time yeah so we um i i got really really hot in the xfinity car at uh, bristol jimmy's been wearing this cool suit a couple other guys i know annette's been using it and annette said he's worn it the past couple weeks and it's amazing so i'm th- i'm sitting here thinking you know i got a few races left i just want to try it because if this becomes something that's a little more popular a little more common next year i want to have the experience to be able to talk about it so i'm going to try it out this weekend that's a great race to try it because it's going to be a real difficult race physically um so we're going to try and practice and see how it works so you got to have a suit and the vest so you got to have a whole different suit because the suit driver suit's got to be a little oh yeah different. he said he was saying they, they had to get some uh, like some holes yeah. or something yeah yeah so you've got a few fire suits. They're working on those right now as we speak. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, sorry to be uh, putting you guys in a bind. Um, J- uh, Justin Algar is going to be running a really unique scheme this weekend. They just unveiled it today. Yep. The Advanced Auto Parts car will be featuring our mom and pop's late model design, and it's it's a tip of the cap to all of us, Kelly, Carrie, and myself. Um William Byron is going to be running a Liberty car featuring Ricky Hendricks 2001 GMAC paint scheme, which I thought was incredibly, you know, good looking car. Oh, I saw it in the shop. It's awesome. Yeah, I was really excited about that for Rick. Rick and Linda went to the unveiling. Um, I, me and Rick had a lot of communication about that, how much that meant to him, and it, it, it's, it was a very cool experience for him. So, that's a special car that we'll be running this weekend with William. Um, so. And then um, Elliot, 
Yeah, he's running a throwback to a Kale Yarborough car. Yeah. They, to the Hardy's car, they just had to flip the colors around a little right. bit. Right. And um, his number, armor. Yeah, his number one is uh, identical to the Kale, Kale's number 11. Right. Um, it's very small, though, I thought. What's small? The number. The number. It See, when it was number 11 on Kale's car, yeah. it looked pretty good, but now on Elliot's car, it looks tiny standing there oh, by yeah, itself. A lot of empty space on the <laughs> side one, of the car. Yeah. Um, Good job, Jordan Erickson, our yeah, graphics yeah, I guy. Told, when I saw it, I told Jordan, I said, you need to make that one bigger. He's like, how? What do you mean? It's exactly just like Kale's. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't look right. Oh, well. It's too small. Sadler won that race last year, so. Yeah, Sadler did. That was an incredible uh, battle he had with Denny Hamlin coming down to the finish. Elliot got in the wall a little bit. Denny called him. They had a pretty close race to the finish. That's a big win for him, for Elliot. Right. Um, you know, as he's getting back in, into uh, – you know, a competitive car working with our team, starting to win races. Really, um, that was a that was a pretty awesome weekend and big win for him. Have you kept an eye on? So everybody's running these throwback cars. Have you been seeing the unveils enough to like have a favorite besides your own? You're not, yeah, can't say your own. Um, I I'm gonna hold my opinion until we get to the track. I will get you when you get to the track and you see the cars really um, firsthand. Yeah, all lined up in the garage together. That's a, it's a little easier, sort of going. Oh yeah, this one really stands out, right? Yeah, when they're all together. Um, when Plus, some s- of the crew shirts and they pants add, they add, and that adds a little bit to it as well, right? Because the teams do come in with with uh, brand new uniforms and stuff. Some of them some of them take it pretty far. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know my brother was on Blaney's team last year. Yeah, and my brother's a big dude. And he had to wear white pants and white chucks. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Yep. I mean, not for you, but it's awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. We obviously, we weren't down there. Do you have a favorite yet? Um, I don't know. I'll have to see it. Yeah, we didn't go last year. Yeah, I mean, we were just there for two hours or so because we did the press conference. Right. But yeah, seeing, that's, uh, that wasn't a fun day. <laughs> right, exactly. It was a weird. It's a, it was so weird to go to the track and leave yeah you're like okay we're flying in yeah and then all right and then you're back home watching the race so mm-hmm. besides darlington something that we've got coming up we've got the 88 team league has a draft friday night fantasy football and monday morning we're doing one for uh all our buddies yep it's the basement league is what we call and then it we have one that's wednesday i guess the couples league yeah but fantasy football is back oh yeah i'm excited have you been doing any studying yet no me either i did a mock draft oh yeah okay well that that's a that i'd consider that studying yeah there's a lot of guys well not a lot of guys there's like a handful of guys already out for the season so right yeah that's that's why i think it's important to wait to wait the draft for your league after the last preseason game um i've talked to some friends that draft early and they're already you know they already have guys on teams with injuries and so forth um so that's got to be kind of frustrating because you you know you lose a you know, a key guy goes down for the season. Right. Could really um How pissed off would you be her. if you drafted like Edelman? I feel bad for Edelman. Yeah. You know? I mean Ugh. he's been productive. Um and a lot of you know, he's been a great fantasy football player with his production. But consistent I, production. I, I don't think that's gonna hurt the Patriots though. So you haven't done any research? I haven't done any research. I've usually started researching by now. Uh, usually got a good idea of you know I like to you know I like to think I'm really smart and clever about it so I I try to go and look for guys that are a little deeper in the draft that I think will be steals in the later rounds 
Um, but I haven't started doing that yet. And I think the best way to do that is like you, uh, like you mentioned, is doing to do a mock draft. You know, you can look at the list of players and say, yeah, I'd love to have this guy, this guy, and that guy. But as you do mock drafts, you sort of see how they, the, the drafts unfold and the mistakes you can make by being too patient uh, to, bait, to pull flirt particular picks. I'm always too patient to get Cam Newton. Right, and you end up not – And I always you know, get like Eli Manning. Right. Who is, so you got to pull the trigger. Yeah. And just that's, you got to go with your gut, pull the trigger this season. So I'm expecting you to draft him. In, in the fifth round. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's smart. I wouldn't take him inside the top three. All right, we're going to go to our Ask Junior questions. As always, we get these questions using the hashtag AskJunior on Twitter. First question is at Fan88Junebug. And obviously, Amy being a Texan, this is we've received a couple people. Did any of Amy's family get flooded during uh, Hurricane Harvey? Is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. There was a lot of property damage. Um, her family's sort of scattered about throughout Texas. Um, but... Um, a lot of them were without power for several days, maybe even still without power today. Uh, a lot of flooding, um, property damage. But it's been uh, that whole thing. I don't know about you, man, but that whole storm snuck up on me. Oh, yeah. I, I heard on the radio they were like, yeah, this storm is we, rolling in. Yeah. But then it seemed like right at the last second it doubled in size we were watching it rather closely because amy's family being from texas and and it became so it, it became evident really quickly that this was a serious situation you know right. this was not just gonna be a lot of rain and um so we're thinking about all the folks down in texas houston's really dealing with a lot of flooding right now um and i'm i'm, I'm certain that uh you know the folks are going to see a lot of outreach over the next several days especially throughout this weekend from the nascar community um everybody always trying to do their part to assist and and uh, donate and, and and nascar the nascar community always is really great at that so um john kinsley asked what job do you like doing most on the diy house project so the other uh day we got we got down there and they put me on a excavator to dig the pool i enjoyed that I enjoy. I was on that thing for five hours. I thought I'd hate it because it's hard to get it adjusted to how it works. If you never right. ran an excavator before, it's two joysticks, one in each hand, and you're using your feet. And what are you doing with your feet? Uh, your feet run the tracks. Oh, oh. So either you know you can turn, go straight forward, and all that good stuff. Well, the one joystick on the right runs the bucket. Uh, the other joystick on the left runs the arm, the boom. Uh, whatever you want to call it and it takes a little while to sort of understand how it all works and what you're trying to do if you're trying to scoop and then dump uh and spin around and all that good stuff too uh but as soon as you get the hang of it it's like it, it's like you're it's like it becomes another limb like it's a part of your body so you're saying do this and it yeah. does that it's really cool, a lot of fun. I had I had never ran an excavator before. I can't believe that they would just let you I use know. this. Yeah. I thought this was like they a threw me. No, they threw me on there and they're like, "Okay, go." And I'm like, "Okay, here I go." And so I did, I worked on it for 5 hours uh one day. 
uh, digging this pool. We rented this thing for six hundred dollars a day, so we had to hurry to get this pool dug. So the you know the, you got to dig the pool in the hot tub, and um, we got to we busted up the cistern, which is this old concrete kind of a cell, uh, kind of a it, it's a rain collector that all the houses had back in the nineteen hundreds and so forth. And so it's about ten foot deep, and it's just a big concrete block with a top concrete top on it. And so I got to bust that up, which was a lot of fun. We actually had a jackhammer attachment on the end of the um, excavator. And so I could jackhammer this thing into the ground. It was heavy. It was a lot of fun. So you guys are legit doing We're the work. really doing the work. Yeah. I'm, so, folks, I'm not going to any of these DIY shows. So you're all not, this is... You're oblivious to everything yeah, going on down there. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, what the hell? So I got to run the excavator. That was a lot of fun. I do like working in the house, but it's really hot. Yeah. Uh, the temperature down there is around 90 to 95 degrees. Um, it's really hot. And the work, it just really pushes you on your patience, trying to, you know, trying to do uh, everything. You know, I'm not, I'm not handsy. I've never really used a nail gun. These things are incredibly sophisticated these days, really powerful. Um, I would be scared to use. That. I know, so I'm not. I'm. It's not. You know, nail gun's not something I carry around and use all the time. So, you pick this nail gun up, and the first couple hours, you're like, pop, 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 and then after about three hours, you're like, bam, 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 bam. You're just them hammering all kinds of stuff and throwing nails everywhere. That yeah, nail guns actually they kind of scare me. Yeah, they do. I, they're I they're intimidating through my toe. Or they something. are int- intimidating at first, but after a while, you sort of it's so hot and you're so impatient about what you're doing that you got to hurt. You're like, I'm gonna get this done. Um, but it's uh, the house is nasty. There's a um, we just got all these bees out. There was this big infestation of bees in between the first floor and the second floor. So the ceiling of the first floor and the second floor, there was a there was an infestation in there. We do, uh, we ripped that out. They had built this major production of honeycomb and honey in this in the in the floor joists. Right. And uh, I mean, these things were everywhere. Thousands of bees. Um. And so we finally got those out. So that was nice because everybody's worried about getting stung. Um, we put, put we, we were hammering in the floor joists. We had to put an entirely, we had to jack this house up because the, f- the foundation was rotten and the footings did not pass code. So we had to jack the house up, take all the old footings out. Some of them were as simple as a, as a, um, a stump and some were actual concrete footings that they made years ago. So we had to bust them up, but we had to dig new footings to spec and to code, um, we had to mix the concrete to pour all that in there and push put it all down in there. Then we had to build the foundation of the house, you know, put the floor joists and the floor system back under back underneath it, a brand new one, set the house back down on that, and then start framing from there. So, so you guys are li- like it is seriously. A, it, it this is going to be an incredible um, transition for this house. Watching this, it's only a thirty minutes show, four part series. They're, we're getting so much content. I don't know where it's all going to go. Right. But you, from where this house is going to start to finish is, it's the biggest renovation project that I've ever witnessed. You know, we watch quite a bit of this stuff on TV. I've never seen anybody that I don't know whether we we're really smart to get this involved in something that needed this much. We're too far in to back out now. But yeah, we're too far in now. So it's happening. 
we got a budget uh, we got a, a specific budget to stick to um and we itemize and and keep track of that and view this budget um weekly uh with our contractors i mean we're hands-on we're really hands-on with this project and i think people are going to be uh i don't know if impressed is the right word but they'll be surprised at Colby Wall asked, do you still get the quotes from Stevie Waltrip to put on your dash each race? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stevie obviously doesn't go to every race. Uh, so she'll either, she's there, she always hand, hand writes the quotes and hands them to the chaplain who bring them to me. If she's not there, she, she'll text them to the chaplain. He'll write them and give them to me. If you follow but Amy always on Twitter, Stevie, love Stevie. If you follow Amy on Twitter, at Amy Earnhardt, yeah. she always tweets out, the Bible verse each yeah, week. Does. So just keep an eye on that. Yep. At Southern Kentucky Sports Guy, how will the new generation composite body Xfinity car affect junior motorsports both cost and competition wise? Well, our hope um, is that over the long haul, it is much more cost effective. We won't have to hand make all these bodies over in the fab department. We'll it won't be quite as difficult of a job for the fab guys to put these bodies together. So there should be a point in time to where the initial cost uh, will become um, offset by the savings down the road. It is going to be a little bit of a bump on the start on the front end uh, to buy all this stuff. Because they they had to build all yeah. new cars, right? Which is there's a lot of rule changes for... in the in, in in the cars themselves, the chassis. So this is sort of a this was a process that was going to happen anyways as far as building some new cars. And so part of that was already going to be part of the process. And this flange fit body stuff is uh, something I think that if they're going to bring it in, it's a good time to bring it in since we're having to build new cars. From a performance standpoint, the bodies hopefully will be harder to manipulate. You see a lot of guys uh, running with their doors caving in and, and their quarter panels flared out. And these bodies are altering as the race goes on. Everybody is guilty, uh, ourselves included. I mean, you got to try to take advantage of every opportunity you can to create an advantage and downforce. What, used to be, what used to be trying to create an advantage, if you don't do it now, you can't keep up. So it's actually a disadvantage if you don't... It's no longer... An advantage because everybody's doing it yeah. and if you don't do it you're in big trouble um again you know you, you can't you got to try to get as much side force as you can well these new bodies hopefully will be harder to manipulate and cut down on on some of that but i i, I think it's unnecessary that we do it, it you know it, it it's frustrating that we have to do it to be competitive and everybody tries to push that envelope so hopefully it takes that away takes that tool out of everybody's hand and we just get back to you know driving race cars and not worrying about whose doors looking the best and whose quarter panel looks the best is this something they're going to try to bring to cup i imagine that that was uh that's the direction they want to go is to you know bring this into cup eventually at some point at j rowden seven asks what do you think is the future of sim racing and how big do you think it can get it's sim racing um esports like yeah. you know it's become it's become some something guys can make a career out of um these professionals are being paid a lot of money to 
to to play video games and and it's become what a life yeah well i mean it's <laughs> it has its own fan base it's right. popular its popularity's grown a lot in the last several years i think that i racing falls right into that um the simulation and production of the iRacing sim is t- is second to none. I mean, it's the best driving and racing sim available on the market, and uh, it's very technical, which I think is um, is something that sets it apart from other sims. Is how technical it is to the setups and every particular change you can make. Mimics. They even have like the simulation programs like a cup team uses yeah. so you can run your setup through there. Yeah. You you can, t- you, you, you gather data while you're driving the car to go back and look at how your car is working. So these guys are legitimate engineers, engineers. nowadays. Exactly. So you're got, you, these iRacing has a crew chief. You can crew chief a car during a race. You can spot for a guy. I mean, it's literally a virtual world that's become more and more like the real thing every day. They have uh, just released in the last two years the, the, the dirt side of things to where you can race sprint cars and uh, wedge late models. And that was an incredible development. That's something that they've, you know, people have been asking for for years and years and years. Yep. They're now going to go into, uh, they're, they're now starting to develop uh, the sim, bringing the sim to life, so to speak, with it actually. Um, changing from night to day and having things be more dynamic as far as the track surface and so forth. The track surface has become dynamic where the guys run. The track surface actually gets hotter, loses a little grip. Guys are moving around now in the race car, in the races during the sims. Uh, during the races, you'll see them change lines and so forth. I still I don't race online as much anymore, um, but I do follow and watch some of the videos and so forth just to see where they're at and what they're accomplishing today. Um, I think that it does happen. I think that Garaz will have an opportunity one day to actually make a living as a sim racer. Do you uh, think it will become like a fourth NASCAR series? Like I think uh, it should. I think it should. I think that there's opportunity for for um, advertisement, and there's opportunity for people to you know to make money doing it. At Phil M. Phil McCandless asked which underdog cup team do you believe is the closest to pull off a jeremy clements type win because jeremy clements obviously won the xfinity race this weekend at road america oh my you know i i don't really know what defines you know what 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 you consider an underdog these days the most recent one would probably have been when the 34 won with chris busher last year uh and the yeah the fog the, the fall grace, fall at, grace Pocono. at Pocono. Um, the same team also won at uh, Talladega a couple years ago with David Reagan. Um, I would say that those, you know, those teams, um, maybe maybe um, the 32. Um, Matt DiBenedetto. Yeah, maybe they have a shot at Talladega, places like that, because they've really been showing out here lately. They've showed a lot of speed, qualifying really well. That car was one of the – um that team struggled more you know more uh than most over the last several years but they've really bumped their performance up some 10 to 15 positions over the last just a year or two yeah and i think they just as announced soon as matt that got in that car him and the crew chief are both staying, back next year which yeah. i think is you know their their growth is going to continue but they could go to talladega and win i think that they could 
at scasto21 asks, how involved are you with your car dealerships and do you think you will be more involved after this year? I'm, uh, I, I get down there a couple times a year. We haven't had a chance to go this year. We will say that. This has been an incredibly busy season with the uh, retirement and all that stuff. But uh, my, my goals personally was to get down there at least twice a year um, for an entire day, um, walk around, say hey to everybody. Uh, we're trying to put together um, a bit of an open house where we can go down there and spend the whole afternoon, get a bunch of drivers down there, signing autographs, having a bunch of little um, pop-up boutiques and stuff like that for you know, hot dog stands and whatever uh, for folks to come out and enjoy. Um, maybe we get a dump tank, get you and myself in there. A dump tank? Yeah, that'd wow. be fun. Why not? All right, that's all the Ask Junior questions for this week. Uh, thank you for sending those in using the hashtag Ask Junior on Twitter. Be sure to send us questions every week. We'll pick the best ones, so please make them good. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. All right, folks, looking ahead Wednesday. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. We're going to visit the Washington Redskins. They have a welcome home luncheon charity event that we're going to go. And uh, we got some to announce where we're going to work together with their charity and the Dale Jr. Foundation. Just yeah. going to do some things together. So can't wait to go there tomorrow. I'm going to be able to have a chance to see and meet some players past and present. Um, that's always a big deal for me, being a big fan. We'll also get to see Josh Norman, former yeah. Carolina Panther. He sh- hopefully he'll be there. What do you mean? Welcome know. home. He better be there. <laughs> um, Thursday, we have a video shoot. Uh, actually, we're, shoot- we're, we're doing two things. We got, uh, we got to put together a lot of content for the Driven to Give charity auction dinner that we do every year uh, for the Dale Jr. Foundation. So we're going to be filming a lot of that information or filming a lot of that content. Um, that's a pretty awesome deal. We raised several hundred thousand dollars uh, during that dinner. We have a lot of folks come out and have fun and do a, do a um, we have a comedian come in and uh, last couple of years has been a lot of fun. Last year it was what, Sinbad? Yeah, and he picked on me the whole time. Yeah. Um, and we do we have an online live auction during that event. Yeah, I, always, I tried to bid on like four things last year and uh, I got outbid yeah. late. The heavy, the, the high bidders yeah, rolled in, came on in. <laughs> at the last minute. Um, Friday, we have two practices, 1 o'clock and 3.30. Saturday, there's a qualifying at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Then there's something really cool happening over at the racetrack um, Saturday evening at 8 p.m. There's an Earnhardt Fireside Chat, and they've invited me, uh, Kelly, and Carrie, and Richard Childers to come over to about 200, 250 people yep. and talk about the old man. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, also the track is uh, – honoring my father and myself by uh, naming the towers over in turn three that have been there for so long um the earnhardt towers so yeah. uh that's it's gonna be pretty awesome to see that i like the guy on twitter was like why are they doing that he never did anything there. yeah <laughs> I was like, uh, but he he was a typical troll who deleted his tweet oh he did after you responded oh don't be that guy yeah obviously sunday is the race it's at 6 p.m uh eastern on nbc sports network and with you talking about weather i hope that we don't have any delays that would push us pretty deep into the night there i think it's only friday and saturday from what i read hopefully we're clear on sunday i know everybody's got um a lot of things they on their calendar for labor day on monday so everybody be safe on labor day 
I know everybody likes to go out and have some fun, but take care of yourself and take care of your uh, everyone around you. Um, we uh, hope you enjoyed the show. That's our first. Is it this is our first show on an off week? No, 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 no. no, no. Well, our first, first one me and you've done. Yeah, yeah. Usually so, Amy does these, and yeah. people love those. Yeah. So I know you're disappointed. Amy's not on here, but. Uh, Tyler, you did a great job. Yeah. And just a reminder, we will not be in the studio next week. So please do not come to Junior Motorsports. You will leave disappointed and yep. we'll be sad for you. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll talk, we'll talk about Darlington and everything else that's going on. I'm sure there'll be a lot of on-track action to talk about and discuss. Uh, and then we'll um, be heading into Richmond, the last race before the playoffs. And double duty again. Yeah, big deal. We got we run the Xfinity car and the Cup car out there, so we have that to talk about. So take it easy, guys. Enjoy your week. You got your plans to do things right. I got my mind. It's all made up. We got our time, but now it's running out of space. You know my life is just a speck, and your heart is all the same. See, I've been staring too long at the screen. Oh God, my mind is. To mess with this since I got it too. You were my friend, but now you're taking off your clothes. I tried to look, but close my eyes. I took a breath and made you mine. You had your arms all tangled up in my moon. And what say? And now you took away a little more than just my breath. I swear to God that I was thinking about the summer. But the words are alone and the walls are saved my life. And I don't care if I will ever be the same. But I'm Reminding me of winter Like the time that I took And the night I lost my mind So where's my hope In all of this I guess it never did exist I wrote those songs And took them all to heart You know I'm proud of what we did I left you naked and apart With your thoughts All laid up in your room So what if there's something That I miss? I know you found a way to start I see the man that had you tearing out your head That's my excuse to make a mark And you're all tangled up in red I had you tricked Then you grab me by the throat And what say The night you took away a little more than just my breath I swear to God that I was thinking about the summer Or the words that were wrote the ones that the Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. Do
Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 